Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources to remind you that you don't mom alone. In this episode, number 254, the first of our new fall series, I get the privilege of chatting with Monica Swanson. Like me, she's a mom of four boys, which makes her very qualified to write the book, Boy Mom. Now, if you're not a boy mom, no worries. She has successfully launched two of her kids and is providing lots of mentoring and wisdom like this. I'm not afraid to say hard things to my boys and sometimes to scare them a little bit because it's a hard world out there. And I would rather them face it in the comfort of my home than when they're on the street one day alone trying to figure out what to do. So I say, talk, talk, talk about the things And then otherwise, again, it just keeps coming up, but it is so my passion is to just find inspiration. They need to be inspired. So look for books, look for movies, look for people that they can look to besides mom and dad, because sometimes we just aren't enough on our own, but they need to be inspired by people who are actually doing things and making a difference in the world and just how they can actually become that one day. You know, they can be world changers. And so I think finding inspiration for our kids is key. You'll hear us talk today about sibling interactions and how every one of our kids is so different, how to teach boys to be strong and gentle, the importance of giving our kids and our sons adventure and help get that naturally placed aggression out in some physical activities, even if they make us a little nervous. Monica's boys are surfers and they live in Hawaii, so her experience is so vastly different from mine but I love the truth that she shares here. Now, if you again, if you're not a boy mom, I have something special for you. Coming out this Friday, I have a bonus episode with Sissy Goff talking about raising worry-free girls. So make sure you come back to the show this Friday because I don't usually release a Friday episode and I don't want you to miss that one. It's fantastic. And speaking of wanting worry-free kids, we want to be worry-free parents. And one area that's brought a lot of stress for me lately is smartphones and my teen. If you saw my Insta stories, you saw me trying to sort through, get advice from you all on which phone and how and dumb or smart. If you are that same kind of parent and you're trying to sort through technology with your kids, join me and 11 other experts at the Technology and Teen Summit starting September 17th. It's a free four-day summit to learn from 12 Christian experts whose everyday job is to research and teach about this specific topic from a Christian worldview. Along with me and people like Kirk Cameron, Dr. Kathy Cook, Andy Crouch, and Chris McKenna, plus more, we will bring relevant information concerning Gen Z and their technology. We're going to share the how-to on starting conversations about the role of technology in your home and in your child's life. So mark your calendars for September 17th and make sure you sign up to reserve your free spot today over at axis.org forward slash don't mom alone. Axis is spelled A-X-I-S, axis.org forward slash don't mom alone. I hope you're going to join us on this journey. I can't wait to help you and other caring parents tackle the smartphone and all that's involved with Gen Z's technology. All right, let's get to my conversation with Monica. Here we go. Hey, Monica, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Oh, so great to be here. Thank you. I didn't say welcome back because when you came on, it was God-centered mom, but that was exactly, almost exactly four years ago, episode 82, that you blessed us with your (laughs) wisdom and grace. Isn't that crazy? That is so crazy. We were so young. (laughs) (laughs) So young and our children, so young. Um, I, I'm thrilled to have you back on and that I can point listeners to a resource that you've poured your heart into for us boy moms. So mm, thank you yay. for all that time and energy you oh, put into this. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's sharing your stories, but also it's super practical. And I mean, I love how the end of each chapter, there's really help, like yeah. actual practical tips yeah. and help. And you've that was my heart. Good. And you've launched your own podcast. Mm -hmm. So y'all, if you need even more, which I'm sure you will, because we'll only have like a few minutes here, but go to her podcast, Boy Mom, right? That's right. The Boy Mom podcast. Boy Mom (laughs) podcast. Straightforward. So introduce everyone to your boys 
uh, including your hubby. And then we'll hit it, all these questions that listeners have for you, these desperate moms of boys. Oh, so fun. I love it all. Yes. So I'm Monica Swanson. I live on the North shore of Oahu in Hawaii. And, um, my husband and I are both from the Pacific Northwest. So I'm a Seattle girl deep down, um, small town, actually gig Harbor, Washington is my hometown, but we've been in Hawaii for 18 years, moved here for a little three year stay (laughs) for my husband's medical residency and never quite left the Island. So we have four boys who, um, the first was born in Oregon. The rest were all born here. And now we kind of live out in the country where there's the best surf in the world. We live, um, right up on a hill overlooking the ocean. So kind of far from a lot of things that are conveniences, but close to the beaches. <laughs> so we have, um, uh, my oldest is in college now. He goes to Westmont in Santa Barbara, California. The second son just graduated high school, but he's taken a gap year to get his act together and figure out what he's going to do. <laughs> Hoping to follow his brother to California, I think. And so that's Josiah and Jonah. And then the third son, Luke, is a competitive surfer and a homeschooled kid. He's going to be a sophomore this year and starting to travel the world with his surfing. So that's quite exciting. And then my little Levi is (laughs) number four. He just turned nine and he keeps us all on our toes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's crazy that that you're into the college years. So I love that you are launching sort of, I mean, I feel like, especially since you're so far from your son, um, Mm -hmm. launching and yet still have like a couple boys at home. So you get it, you get the chaos, you get Mm -hmm. the challenges. Um, But we did want to point out every boy is different. Every boy is different. So different. You can say, Mm -hmm. oh, that's such a boy thing to do. True. And yet. And yet, no, right, definitely. So many Very versions, different. and I don't know about you. My two middles are the closest in age and the most vastly different. Mm-hmm. Do you yes. have two that are really, really different from each other? I have four that are really <laughs> different from each other. <laughs> no two are alike in this family. I mean, there's core things that I can say definitely tie. You know, they're Swansons. They're all Swansons. They all look a lot alike when they're little, but no, personality-wise, very different. Do you have clashing? Uh, we do. Thankfully, as they've gotten older, they've all worked on the clashing and it gets better and better. And there's some hope for the young moms, um, moms of young boys who might, you know, really get into it. My yeah. boys have really learned to get along well. Let's talk about that because that was one of the questions, or several actually, <laughs> several moms asked about just this building healthy brother relationships, teaching them that hitting's not okay, dealing with that aggression. I think I've said don't hit your brother (laughs) probably at least once an hour for the last 14 years, and it's not sinking in. So um, I don't know that words are actually doing it. I don't know why I keep using the same tool, but (laughs) what's helped you out? You are not alone. Okay, okay, I'm not alone. alone. Okay, good. Those words still come out of my mouth. So boys will, children will fight, of course. it's I, I see it the home, the family as a training ground for the rest of their life. And when they're young and don't know what they're doing, they're going to get into it. And so to some extent, there's just got to be some grace for the process. But yes, we need a parent and we need to set boundaries. I mean, I try to, as much as possible, keep my eyes fixed on the young men that they're becoming. So rather than dealing with them problem at hand, you know, the toy or the bickering or the fight. It's more trying to forecast, like, listen, how do we deal with conflict? What can you do that's effective? How can you come up with a compromise? Like, let's talk about this. Let's just think of logically, how do you, if you want to get something, what's the best way to get it? Usually hitting's not going to produce the results you're desiring. So some of it is talking. Some of it is giving a consequence when they continue to break a rule. And that one's hard because my youngest, he does, you know, when he gets frustrated, the first thing he wants to do is whack somebody. But I do believe that hitting is wrong because I tell him, you know, later in life, if you just get frustrated and hit someone, it could land you in jail. Like it is no joke. So 
I try not to forecast the jail thing too much, but it does come up. <laughs> it's in it's all true. of us boy moms. Ha- we're in our heads all the time. We're like, they're definitely going to prison. That one yes, is for sure. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And so it's worth talking about, but also a lot of things are just, you got to just let them figure it out and learn and, and give them some skills and ask them to practice and then walk away and just let them figure it out as they go. So, you know, that's, that's in the more mild situations. You don't want to let them get crazy, but Boys will learn as they grow. So I've, I remember moms asking me, like, if you hear them fighting, do you jump in? Do you let it go? How far do you let it go? What if it's a bigger brother and the little brother keeps getting beat up? You mm-hmm. know, when is it your job to step in or not? How did you kind of sort through that? I think um, just like everything, it's such an individual kid, an individual situation. We need the Holy Spirit. We need God to show us what to deal with because not everything is worth getting in there. Um, but again, if I think if they have some ground rules, I do think it helps to say, listen, here are three things. You cannot be physical. You know, you cannot call names and, you know, whatever it might be in your home, you have to, I mean, those two are definite, but whatever it might be, you know, you can't isolate somebody because sometimes two kids team up and leave the other one out. So come up with the two to three things that are really, really your rule and then enforce them and just feel like I'm not messing around with this one. You hit, you're in your room for 30 minutes alone with nothing. And I know for my youngest, that's kind of torture. So we use the go to your room and he hates being left in his room alone. So I'm like, is it, is that one hit really worth it? Did that feel so good that it's worth the consequence? And I think if we can give the consequences and not freak out, not yell, not join them in the battle. It's a lot more effective than getting emotional back at them. Yeah, that's good. For me, it's really hard to figure out what is the consequence that's actually motivating enough. And for one of my boys, for any of you moms, one of my boys more than the others really struggles with his emotional regulation Mm -hmm. and his sensory system. And so when he goes into that red zone from like, you're kind of bothering me till I'm freaking out. Uh It can take an hour and a half to just get him calm enough to where he's not calling me names and hitting me like randomly and like, it is real. So Mm, just get that, you know, even within the boy spectrum, some of these things just, it takes patience. And like you're saying, just keeping your eye on the prize that some of these are developmental stages. Some of them are just real, true differences that you Uh have to get therapist to help them sort it out like consider getting an occupational therapist in your little toolbox we've discovered recently and just well one thing Heather on that is I I was just going to say if you've got the son that you know has the struggle regulating emotions it helps too to talk to them about being self-aware and saying like, when you start to feel your heart pounding, when you start to feel, come up with those physical things, when you know that you're heading in a bad direction, that's a good time to, you know, either come and just get mom and say, I'm really getting frustrated and say, I'll always listen when you do that. Mm -hmm. Or that's a good time to walk outside and take a few deep breaths, like teaching them some skills as it's building. And then once they try it, say, just trust me on this, try it once you're going to find. And when they realize that these things are really helpful, they're more likely to continue to practice them. Maybe not overnight, but in time. Yeah. And definitely not you moms of two, three and four year olds. <laughs> right. This is yeah. the long forget game. About it. <laughs> forget about it. <laughs> the goal is to separate and calm. Yes. 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 And oftentimes too, I say the solution is oftentimes just getting them outside or busy blasting some music, just change the environment because sometimes they're just tired or they're hungry or they're something and it's coming out in a fight. But really what they need is to get outside or to be active or to eat some healthy food or so think, think about those things too. Yeah. And I think again, knowing the different boys. So like you said, one of your boys, the being by himself is really the consequence for him. I Uh found my boy like that. He gets a little bit touchy and mean when he hasn't seen friends for a while mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that social need is so high and his brothers just aren't meeting it and he needs adventure and he needs like variety that he gets kind of testy with his brothers when he's not getting that and another boy it's he needs more alone time and so or, or just hangry they're literally yeah. it's a thing uh-huh. yes it yeah. is yeah uh, I think that's really good so how did you build so that's kind of like helping them deal with the 
desired heart because they're really frustrated. How did you build healthy relationships? What things did you do to kind of in the times when they're not frustrated? Yeah. Make it a desirable thing to be friends with your brother. Right. I always say, I think my boys became best friends partly because they didn't have a whole lot of options. <laughs> so, <laughs> so move to I, Hawaii on an island. Okay. Up on a Done. I'll talk on... to my husband today. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But really, um, because I didn't plan play dates all the time because yeah. I didn't sign them up for a hundred activities. They had a lot of days where all they, the only option was their brothers. Mm. And I do think that that was not necessarily intentional because I wanted them to be best friends. It was just my life and how things worked out. My husband takes them surfing a lot. He takes them hiking and there's just a lot of together time in this family. And now looking back, I'm so glad because I really do believe that they didn't have the option to turn to somebody else. And so they really got knit together closely as brothers. Um, I'm not against friendship. I know my boys do have friends and I'm not saying avoid them, but I think sometimes families are so quick to occupy their kids with all their buddies and you've really got built in friends right in the family. Even if they don't think they get along great, they might learn to if they were forced to spend more time together. Yeah. I think there's true value in that. And it removes guilt for the mom who does have <laughs> a lot of little kids. I think there's, I know I've felt like, oh, maybe my son would be more included in that clique at school if I had planned more play dates or I'm robbing them of some childhood you know, sure. moment because yeah. we haven't done more. But I think, and, and we don't live in the neighborhood where kids can walk down Same. the street. And so yeah. I think it's been protective, even if, and kind of fostering those relationships when I wasn't intended. And I was terrified of my oldest going off to college, like your oldest has. <laughs> yes. And it's funny how the second and third who fight the most have gotten along the most while he's gone. Yes, yes, yes. That happens. Yeah. So trusting, like not fearing <laughs> these changes and uh -huh. right. just what happens to your family over time and just seeing how you could maybe set up a time for the ones that fight the most to go on a little adventure together. Totally. Even though that seems like backwards, like, oh, they're the ones that fight. Why would I send them off together? But yeah. No, I think that absolutely works. Yes. Time together. <laughs> time. Imagine. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So let's move on to how to deal with all the aggression. We kind of talked about it, but like not even when they're frustrated with someone, they just have a lot of energy maybe. Right. Right. I discovered when my first boys were very young, I talk in the book a bit about my second son, but he had me really, really concerned because there was just so much energy and it was coming out in some unhealthy ways and mm -hmm. very aggressive and impulsive. And I learned fortunately pretty young that they really do need a lot of exercise. Boys need to move their body a lot. Mm -hmm. And now even with homeschooling, my youngest if I don't give him a chance to move before a school day, then it's it's just going to be a disaster. And so they really do need to move, whether they go outside and just run circles around the yard or whether you have a piece of exercise equipment you can put them on or you just blast some music and encourage them to just dance around if they're little. But I think boys need to move a lot. And I think that when they don't, it's going to come out in some kind of negative way. And it might look different for everybody, might be a little troublemaker, might be aggression. But um, I do think that one of the biggest keys is to really help them get out some of that energy. And you can do that indoors if you're living in Dallas yes, this summer. That's right. Get, yes. Get a little trampoline. Every mom of a young little boy, I'm like, do you have a trampoline inside? Do you have a tiny one, one with a handle? Because uh -huh, exactly. you start to see them hitting their baby brother, you just say, hey, why don't you go jump 20 times? Like, exactly. Worry less right. about the aggressive behavior and look for an outlet for the energy. Right. Yeah. Yes, that's for good. sure. Okay, so <laughs> I love this question. It started off with spitting, farting. <laughs> How do you teach manners and still let them be boys? Oh, yeah. This, yeah, this definitely is going to look different for different yep. moms. Yep, and and we said different cultures. So different you're living cultures. in Hawaii. Yes. It's going to be way more laid back than an East Coast, maybe proper or Brit uh -huh. England. Sure. Oh my, Lanta! I have a nephew in England. And she is horrified by how boys act in America right? and my sister-in-law and how um, they wrestle and how, I mean, just little things uh -huh. and just the sure. lack of manners because it's Cultural. a totally different culture. 
It is. Um, so it is. there's that. But, but then there's just like basic common courtesy. Right. How do you yeah. do that? How do you train boys in that? Well, I was raised with only brothers. So okay. I feel kind of like I was prepped <laughs> to be a boy mom. Yeah. Um, now to balance that, my husband, though very much a manly man, is um, he's he's a pretty conservative, proper guy. Like he doesn't do, you know, obnoxious things like some of maybe my brothers growing up, I remember. But he, um, so I think he helps kind of add that role model of like, you know, a guy who's being a man, but isn't gross. So I think that I can take it when my boys act a little bit, you know, boyish in those ways. And once again, it's all about setting some healthy boundaries. So it's like, listen, there's a way to behave here in the home when you're together outside in the yard. Yes. But let's talk about what this looks like in public, what this will look like down the road if you're in a certain situation and you don't want to get so comfortable doing these things that, that it comes out in the wrong place. Right. Mm. So I really think it just takes discernment. Mom's got to look at the situation and think, is this some, is a pick your battles? Is this something I really need to focus on right now? Or can I just laugh? I mean, a mom that can laugh at this stuff, boys, love that. They're going to be, I think it can help develop a relationship. Honestly, I think when you can just have fun with your boys and let them be boys, it really bonds you in some ways. And then you say, okay, now enough. (laughs) Well, I um, did this different eating plan last fall and there was a lot of gas that accompanied that Uh and uh it was not very very good smelling. And I think I, I ridded my boys of the desire to fart by myself being so disgusting. So there's that approach too. just be really there disgusting yourself. Approach. And then they'll be like, that's terrible. I never want to be like her. No, no, I think it's hard. I have one boy who it. literally cannot not talking about farting, like at the dinner table, we'll, we're just trying to do practicing around the dinner table. We'll practice so that yes, they can actually good. go out to dinner with a girl and not and have good. a second date. Maybe, maybe have yes. a wife someday. Right. And he cannot keep his feet on the floor for six years. Every meal I've been saying, put your leg down, put your leg down, put your leg down, put your leg, keep your foot on the floor. Put your... And it just, it becomes such a habit that, right. uh, yeah, some of our boys, it's a little bit more of a struggle to develop the it habits, is. but you can set, like you said, the boundaries or the expectations or I saw my mother-in-law once um, do this with my boys. I thought it was genius. We were at a restaurant And instead of critiquing what the boy was doing, she pointed the boy's attention to everyone else in the restaurant. Uh huh. She said, hey, let's look. How how are what are other people doing here? And they were sitting and they were talking. Were (laughs) they standing on the booth? Were they playing with the silverware? Like anyway, I just thought it was a a nice, subtle way of being like, let's look around at the environment to see what the expectation of behavior is. Absolutely. Yes. And and that's just self-awareness. Yeah. That's something we talk about a lot with our boys. We're like, look around, take notice, and then look at yourself and just, you know, are you, are you fitting in with this situation or not? And it's going to take time. And again, it's kind of funny. I mean, I think now that my older sons are kind of little men and acting all adult-like, I, I'm able to laugh a little more at the younger one because I just know they're going to outgrow it. Yes. You know that it's not forever once you've seen the stage pass. Yes. Yes. That's the beauty of it. (laughs) Yeah. I think that there's this terrifying feeling when they're two, three, four and peeing out in your neighbor's front yard. And you're like, oh, my goodness, you picture them at 25 and you're like, they're going to do this forever. And no, they will be like my one son who embarrassed me so much as a little kid is now so embarrassed by me. And yep. Same here. Same here. I think how. How often did you embarrass me? (laughs) I am not embarrassing to the extent that you were. So, yeah, it does pass, but it's hard in the moment to believe that it will. And and what is a habit that won't just go away and what is just a developmental stage? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it all works out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like you said, pick your battles and and develop that relationship. I love that you practice around the dinner table. I mean, things like that. The kids that grow up and don't figure it out are probably not even taught around the table. So if you're practicing, if you're teaching, if you're talking about it, you're, you're probably doing plenty. Yeah. And you, I mean, they know a lot of times to say thank you and where to put the plate afterwards. And I mean, they've watched you do it. 
Exactly. Modeling. Yeah. But it's a, it's a lot of repetition without seeing a lot of reward. It is patience, mom's patience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So as you've watched your boys grow, this one mom wanted to know how to, well, a couple of moms actually, how to teach a son to be strong and not a pushover, still process emotions. Another way to say it, support bravery, but keep him gentle. It's like this balance of like strength and kindness. Oh man, I so love this topic. It's been on my heart actually all summer and I've done some writing on it that I haven't done anything with. But the reason this is on my mind is because I just think, and I don't mean to like open up a whole nother conversation, (laughs) but with the whole girl power movement, right? I think there's a lot of good in that. I mean, I, I am a strong woman. I think I like empowering young women, telling them they can do anything. But in the process of all that, I feel like there has been kind of the unspoken message to boys that their masculinity is something to maybe be ashamed of, you know, Mm -hmm. certainly not to flaunt or to embrace. And so I just have such a heart for saying, let's celebrate our boys' masculinity. I want to raise strong boys. I want to raise powerful boys, but what does that really look like? And teaching boys what that looks like. And I think, man, there's... I have so many thoughts on this, but one of the greatest things I think we can all do is point our boys to great examples Mm -hmm. of men out there who are good and godly and yet tender and thoughtful and show them examples of what that looks like, whether it's through, you know, we use Bible stories and we talk about Jesus who was, um, you know, strong and yet he was meek, which is strength under control, right? And so we look at men of the Bible and, and men in books and stories. And we talk about it because to me, it is such a beautiful balance to raise a strong son who's also thoughtful and tender. So big topic. And you have a book list in your book to inspire boys. I do. Yes. I just got one in the mail that's really great. It's for boys. I'm forgetting the title right now, but it's basically a series of little mini biographies of famous Mm -hmm. followers of Christ men. Um, I think it's called Strong, I think. But I'll put a link to that in the show notes because I've been reading it to my boys during lunches this summer, just as something different to talk about. Awesome. Yep. Stories are one of my favorite way to just, you know, open up conversations and point them to people who I think are setting a great example. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of, I I encourage my boys to embrace their masculinity. Like we need strong men in this world. And for all the women out there who are trying to raise strong daughters, I say, not only is that great, but you also should hope that the rest of us are raising strong sons because Mm -hmm. you want a boy out there who you can trust with your daughter, right? You want a boy who would protect your daughter and stand up for her if somebody else is not treating her right. And that's where I say, Hey, we got to work together in this, you know, moms of boys and girls, we want to raise both strong daughters and sons. So, and my friend's book, um, Heather hopped who wrote the book about kind of looking at the Knights code. Mm-hmm. And training your boys in the different aspects of the Knights Code because it was all about strength and protecting yes. the, the weak and also being kind and kind hearted and gentle and having good character. So chivalry, chivalry code. Yes. That's what it was. Love it. Yeah. Um, I think we could go back to that and be good, right? Like, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, yes. yeah, there's a whole conversation. Uh, and even in my heart where I get frustrated with, men in power who have uh-huh. made wrong choices. I mean, that's kind of yep. the theme of right now is it is um, just this supremacy of older white men who have taken advantage of their power position. Sure. And then I look at the men in my life and I think they're good guys, but we yes. need to empower them that they can be a voice of change. Like whoever has the power, let's yes. pray for change in their hearts or, or teaching these boys that we've been gifted with that this is an opportunity for them to hear stories of injustice and for that to stir something in them, you yes. know, to want to fight for those who are oppressed and not um, for their own self-interest yep. and greed. Definitely. So, Love it. Yeah. Yep. I, I like to point out stories to my boys of, you know, I just visited Mexico and just telling them the stories of the migrants coming up from Central America and just help to open their eyes to other people's perspectives and stories mm-hmm. and yes, not just their own. Well, and I love that you talk to them. I think so many moms need to be reminded that they're listening. You might mm-hmm. think you're telling stories and they are tuning you out, 
but I promise you they are listening and that they care. They really do want to honor their parents. I think deep down it's hard to see sometimes, but they really want to make you proud. And they're tucking away those things you're teaching them in their heart, and they're going to come out in different ways. So just be assured of that. (laughs) Yes. And I think you mentioned this in the book, just the power of conversation, shoulder to shoulder, that just because we have boys doesn't mean we can't have great conversation and relationship with them. Yes, so true. Talk us through that. Like, how did you start that with your boys? I mean, I know you were homeschooling them, but I find a lot of great conversation on our car rides to and from school and sports. And Yes, yes. Well, that's the thing. I think that, um, well, first of all, I just have really tried from the time they were young to continue conversations, even when they got a little quieter at different stages or seasons, to just trust that by not only talking, but then being okay with some silence and asking some questions that over time that relationship would remain strong. But yeah, with boys, a lot of the time they're going to be most comfortable shoulder to shoulder, like you said, Heather. So getting out and going for a walk or bike ride or in the car or Anytime you can get out where they don't have to look at your eyes, which yes, I teach my boys to use eye contact. They need to know how to do that. But if you really want them to open up, it's typically going to happen more when you're shoulder to shoulder. So um, I think that uh, just being together and 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 when it's not forced, because if you are hardly ever together and then you finally are and you just want them to open up, it's probably not going to happen. So looking for those daily opportunities as much as possible. And I know we're all busy and, and no one has the ideal schedule, but even if it's five minutes where you're like, oh, walk to the mailbox with me or help me, you know, do this, do that. Sometime where you are side by side and just continuing to bring things up and ask questions and then being okay with waiting. It might take them a while, but one day they are going to start talking. So just not giving up on it. I I think just it's easy for some moms to just shut the door and say, okay, they hit that teenage or that tween age where I heard they were going to quit talking to me and they just assume it's over. And I say, no, no, don't, don't assume it's over because they still need you. I love it. And my, my mentor of four boys, her shoulder to shoulder time was at bedtime. Yes. Um, lights are out and you have uh-huh. time, right? And usually as they get into teen years, that's where they really open up. And she would do back tickles, which you're like, mm-hmm. oh, is that weird? No, it's not weird. No. No. That's no. not weird. We we did them here. <laughs> yeah, no. And uh, it's just a perfect time to kind of open their hearts and it is um, food food works. Always food, food. works. <laughs> yeah. Late, late nights and food is kind of the key with teenagers, I think. Yeah, that's so good. Um and you have conversation starters in here too, y'all. Yes, you, yes. You need help I, with that if that doesn't come naturally to you. If your parents weren't ones who had a lot of conversations with you, that's, that's mm-hmm. okay. You've got help it here is. with Monica's book. <laughs> okay, so one question was, what do you do with the boy who seems to be motivated by nothing? Like <sighs> maybe just they were really maybe an easy kid all along. And then you're like, wait, this is not working out because they're hitting teen years and they don't really care about anything. Sure. Yeah, Yeah, I do hear this a lot, especially with school. I think that there's sometimes just boys struggle with the motivation and Mm -hmm. a few things come to mind. One, as far as the school part goes, I just really encourage moms to help the boys connect the dots between what they're doing now and where they're heading in life and not to put a heavy burden on our kids because I know that can be really stressful, but most of our boys do have little dreams in their heart of of growing up and having a job or, you know, having a family, going to college or playing a sport. And so really connecting the dots by saying, listen, what you're doing right now actually matters and, and just walking them through that so that they may not, I mean, it's hard to imagine for us in our adult minds, but they actually may not be realizing that by flunking science, that could affect their college career later. And so just walking them, talking about it. I mean, I, I'm not afraid to say hard things to my boys and sometimes to scare them a little bit because it's a hard world out there. And I would rather them face it in the comfort of my home than when they're on the street one day alone trying to figure out what to do. So I say, talk, talk, talk about the things And then otherwise, again, it just keeps coming up, but it is so my passion is to just find inspiration. They need to be inspired. So look for books, look for movies, look for people that they can look to besides mom and dad, because sometimes we just aren't enough on our own, but they need to be inspired by people who are actually doing things and making a difference in the world and just how they 
can actually become that one day. You know, they can be world changers. And so I think finding inspiration for our kids is key. Yeah. And seeing what lights them up. It's going to be different for each kid. You and I talked about that via email. Like, yes. Figuring out, is it surfing? Is it bugs? Is it like, Uh yes. And it may take time and a lot of things to figure it out. That's my youngest son right now. He's kind of, um, well, he idolizes his next brother up. So there's like an almost seven year gap, but my little Levi, we always say he's like Velcro on Luke. Like he is by his side all the time. And if Luke's gone, Levi will walk around the house and just literally say, I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm bored. And I'm like, (laughs) first of all, bored in this house is code word for, I need a job to do. So unfortunately I'll hand him like the Windex and a rag and (laughs) say, okay, you're bored. That means you want to work. But really I'm like, you got to find some interests and hobbies of your own. It can't be all what your brother does. And so that's where we'll open up a book and I'll say, does this interest you? Does that interest you? And pretty soon he started to find some things that really lit him up, but it took some work to get there. So sometimes we got to try a lot of things. That's so good. And that you took the time to do that. I think by the fourth, I'm like exhausted. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I... (laughs) I can't, I don't win an award for that one, but even, you know, musical instruments, yeah. my husband plays guitar and ukulele. So we're like here, my husband taught him a few chords on the ukulele and pretty soon he's strumming some tunes and I'm like, oh. there, thank God, you know, he's got to find something. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. Okay. So there's always this question with boys of, you know, some of them are more curious than others, uh-huh. but how do we satisfy that curiosity? But also, I mean, a lot of moms feel like their number one priority is to keep their kids safe. Now, yeah. that's ultimately God's job, but we do play mm-hmm. a huge part in doing our best to keep them safe. How do we allow them to be curious and yet not irresponsible and and do something dangerous? Right, right. Another good question. Um, Well, I am a big believer that boys were made for adventure, that they need, you know, to have some excitement in their lives. I think it's just how God wired them. They're little warriors who need to experience some thrills. And uh, I also believe, and from the research I did in writing my book, that a lot of the trouble that boys can get into is related to when they're lacking authentic adventure, when they're Mm. not facing challenges and overcoming obstacles, sadly, that can lead to them trying to find them elsewhere, whether that's, you know, through gaming or eventually making some big decisions, you know, experimenting with drugs and things like that, that give their brains some false sense of adventure. So I say boys need adventure and the sooner and more you can give it to them in safe places. And so that might just be hiking a big hill. It might be um, going to a gym where you've got a rock climbing wall that they can see how far up they can go, putting them in swim lessons or, or something where they can experience some physical adrenaline rush and, and experience their body being pushed to some limit. I am a huge believer in giving boys lots of opportunity. Now, as far as safety goes, (laughs) Well, you're talking to a mom whose kids surf where there's sharks and massive (laughs) reef. And uh, I just have to sometimes not even think about what they're doing. But I do in my situation, I trust my husband's judgment. I think usually us as moms are going to be more fear driven than our husbands. So Mm -hmm. sometimes I have to look at my husband and just say, is this one okay? And he'll be like, yeah, just trust me. And I have to trust him. Now I know there's plenty of single moms out there who feel so on their own in this one. So I say, turn to somebody you trust, you know, whether they're in Cub Scouts or on a swim team and just figure out what is reasonable. Cause sometimes our fears are not reasonable. They are a mama bear fear and they are not reasonable. And usually our boys can do more than we think they can. And also I'll add that most of us will say that our trips to the ER aren't usually from their adventures. They're usually from stupid things like Mm -hmm. tripping in the living room and hitting your head or or whatever, cutting your finger on a can. My boys have done crazy things and none of it has landed them in the emergency room. Yeah. And even if they do go to the emergency room. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's very wise. One selfish question before I have to let you go is related to their spiritual development, Mm -hmm. fostering a faith for myself. You know, I profess faith at a young age and I know mine grew on its own, especially even into college, just really owning my faith. But I feel this pressure 
as their mom, like it was so much easier when they were little and they loved Bible stories and memorizing scripture. And, and now when they're getting older, it's like, oh, that's dumb mom or Ugh, again, or, you know, I don't want to have it lose the power of it because they're so familiar. Um, going to church, going to a Christian school, then we're talking about it at home. But then I am seeing my oldest own his faith for himself a little bit more. And so I think, okay, well, there's hope. Um, yes, it wasn't yes. all wasted. But <laughs> no. there's that mom right now listening. And I feel like it's between 8 to 12 years old that there's this like, oh, my goodness, we've ruined our kid or they're right. never going to follow Jesus. And so what advice do you give in the aspect of helping your boys develop a faith for their own? Right. Yeah. Well, faith is um, really the the heart of everything that my husband and I do. We just really want to raise boys who love God because we figure, you know what, you can teach them all you want, but if they don't have faith, then at best, you know, their future is uncertain. And so for us, we want more than anything for our kids to know and follow the Lord. And I believe that if they do, then the rest usually falls into place. You know, a kid who loves God and loves God's word will find wisdom, will find direction, will find good influences. And so I encourage moms to make this a big priority. I encourage moms to read the Bible with their sons and to ask their sons to read the Bible every day on their own. I, we use Proverbs as like one of our go-tos. As soon as they're at the age where they can read, we say read a chapter of Proverbs every day because it is just packed with wisdom that is so practical for everything they face in this world. So if there's one area I'm going to say to be real consistent on, if you can, and if you haven't now, there is nothing wrong with saying, son, I have been busy or, you know, in, in the rush of life, I haven't really made this a priority, but starting today, let's, let's spend time every day, just reading the Bible and praying because God is so big and so powerful and he can move mountains on behalf of your son. He wants your son's heart more than you even know. So getting your kid in the word, getting your kids surrounded by good influences. Again, we turn to the youth group leaders. We get our boys plugged in everywhere we can. We want them to have so many positive spiritual models in their life that, that there's no denying that God is the best way to go. So they can look around and see nobody is living a better life than the Christians in their life. So we really are intentional about surrounding our boys with great role models, friends of the family. We know when they hit those teenage years, mom and dad aren't enough. And so we want them to be plugged in, but, um, praying for your boys is probably the number one thing you can do because God hears your prayers. And then ultimately to just owning everything that you're doing personally. So modeling and I've come to my boys and been like, you know what? Mom needs to spend time with Jesus. Like I want you to see me asking God forgiveness, seeking him, seeking his way and his will. And if it's something you haven't been doing moms, I say, just tell your boys I'm human. God's God. I need to get closer to him. So here I go. I'm going to start spending more time reading the Bible or I'm going to plug into a Bible study or I'm going to get back to church. They are going to see that. And that will speak more to them, I think, than trying to live a perfect life. If they see your authentic heart seeking God, that is going to inspire them more than anything else could. So just that honest heart seeking God and then telling them we're in this together because I love you. I want you to do the same. Those are all the things that I say work together in just making a boy see that God is a real God. He's actually practical. He actually is... Um, he's works in our life every day. He's not just a story in a book, but he's for real. And Jesus is there and the Holy spirit can fill you and lead you and guide you and all those things working together. And then prayer, (laughs) then there's no guarantees. No, there is not a guarantee. Our boys have a free will and sometimes they're going to make rough choices and it's going to break your heart. But we're also told that if we train them up in the way they should go, then at least we can trust that God here sees that and they will return to it one day and we can just pray in that direction. That's so hopeful. That's hopeful. And I like your tone. I don't, I think that if you approached me and were like, said, you know, let's read the Proverbs because it's wisdom and God's, you know, good. The way you just said it all. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Not, you have to read your Bible. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the last thing I want to do right now is do that. Exactly. And so the positive spin and the, like, have you had a boy who's like, oh, mom, no. Um, somehow my fourth son seems to be 
humbling me in that all the things that <laughs> made yeah. me think I was an awesome mom with the first three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the fourth is like devotions. I mean, he doesn't have, I'm not seeing a rebellious spirit, thankfully, but he's the one that will just kind of be like, I'd rather play with my Legos right now than yeah. read yeah. my devotions. Yeah. So for him, and like with you, Heather, that your oldest son is making some really good choices right now. Really honing in on those older kids, I think, is helpful because they set the example then for the younger siblings. Yeah. So I love that. And that's what my older boys have done is they've set such a great example that the younger one can look at him and say, I want to be like him. Well, how did he get there? When he was nine, he started reading his Bible every day. You know, mm-hmm. let's let's practice this part together. So, yeah, I think when they resist it, making it as fun as you can. I love Veggie Tales. Still, I love <laughs> listening to Adventures in Odyssey. I think there's so many resources out there that if moms are creative and don't, like you said, don't come at them like thumping them with a Bible, but coming alongside them and saying, "This is for your best. God is for you. Let's walk this life with Him." Mm-hmm. That's good. Okay, that's it. That's our time, Monica. Let people know where they can find you and read more and listen to your podcast. Oh. Well, thank you so much. Um, everything can be found at my website, which is monicaswanson.com. And if you add a forward slash podcast, you'll find the Boy Mom podcast. If you add a forward slash Boy Mom book, you'll find all the ways to order my book. Um, and on Instagram, I'm Monica Swanson underscore, and that's kind of my favorite place. So if you're on Instagram, come say hi, let's hang out there. And then Twitter and Facebook, I'm still my old name, probably from when we talked last time, Heather, which is at the Grom mom. And that's just where it all started. And it kind of stuck in a few places. So I'm the Grom mom. Yes. My Twitter handle is still at center mom because it's impossible. We get stuck. To change. Yep. Mm-hmm. Impossible. change those ones. But. <laughs> no. Yes. Well, thank you, Monica, oh, for being an encouragement. Y'all um, keep following along there and, and, and be encouraged. You're doing a mighty work and God has oh. entrusted you with these boys to become men that follow him. You inspire me all the time, Heather. I just, oh. it's a privilege to be here. I love everything you do. So thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Aloha. Okay, moms, I hope you're encouraged by that. And I wanted to share a resource, a really practical way uh, to help connect with your son today. Monica Swanson over on her site has a printable that my VA, Sarah Jane, found. It's 20 ways to make your son feel loved. Go check that out. It's in our show notes. We've linked it there. Uh, It's a great resource. We also found those books that I mentioned, Strong, How God Equipped 11 Ordinary Men with Extraordinary Power, and Knights in Training by Heather Hopped, uh, 10 Principles for Raising Honorable, Courageous, and Compassionate Boys. So all those resources are always in the show notes. I'm going to pray over our men because I know that right now we are in a battle we can't see, a spiritual battle. And as moms of boys and moms in general, We uh, are constantly feeling defeat in the area of raising up godly men and women. So I'm going to pray over us. Lord, I come before you and I pray a spirit of protection around our kids. I pray that the enemy would know he has no hold on them, that through Jesus and his claim, he does not get to take our kids from us. I pray, Lord, that even in the hardest things, that our kids walk through the most unimaginable, that we can trust God, that you are bigger and that you are working out their faith individually, that you are equipping them in a way we can't see and that we would trust you even in the hardest things with our kids. If they are not walking alongside you, if they are struggling with addiction or if they are struggling with any sort of depression or anxiety, Lord, that you would be so present and comforting to them and that you would work out everything for your good. I pray against um, the enemy that these kids would be just equipped for battle with your helmet of salvation and your belt of truth wrapped around them and their breastplate plate of righteousness that when you see them, you see right and good because of Jesus sacrifice, that they take up the sword, that we can equip them with your word, God, that we would be brave and bold and to fight against distractions, to give our kids your word so that they can fight against the enemy's lies on their own. We also pray for a shield of faith to extinguish the arrows that are coming at them. We pray, Lord, for shoes as they walk, wherever they walk, whatever city, state, country, 
neighborhood that they would walk with gospel shoes fit of peace, that they would bring your peace, God, wherever they go in a world that's so divisive, that we would send out mighty warriors for you, fully equipped, and that as moms, we would be emboldened to know that we can do that. I thank you, God, for the one who is listening, that you would give her a spirit of courage, bravery, to know that she can do all things through you and your empowering and your strength and your comfort and your patience. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, don't forget, bonus episode this Friday, Raising Worry-Free Girls. I think it's helpful for Raising Worry-Free Boys too. All of that she shares applies to the boys too. And um, make sure you say that spot for the Teens and Technology Summit over at axis.org forward slash don't mom alone. I want to see you there in September. We have all kinds of fun things coming up this fall. So be on alert. I don't want you to miss anything. So remember, I think I shared it a lot this summer in the summer of mentorship. If you sign up over at Ola Heather, both of them start with H's. Ola, hello in Spanish, Ola Heather.com. You can sign up and every week I send out an email with that week's podcast episodes, any relevant information that's going on in my life, any places I'm going to be that week. Sometimes we just throw in some fun things. I think we're going to throw in some fun bonus content, maybe a little bit of extra episode content in the upcoming week. So you don't want to miss that. Go to olaheather.com. It's a much more consistent way for me to stay connected with you all than leaning on social media. All right. I am praying for everyone who is back to school pretty soon. Even if your kids are little and they're going back to school after Labor Day, we are in transition. I'm praying grace over everyone that you would know you are doing the best that you know how to do. And that is all God's asking you to do today. Not perfection, but faithfulness and obedience and trusting him with the outcomes. If you all are losing your ever loving minds today, know that it's okay. It's going to be okay. New mercies every morning. All right. Thank you all are great. Thanks for listening. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.